Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello, and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined by Dan, the words are hard, Kruger. Mm, yes, I got an aura ring recently. Mm, tell me cool about device. it. Tell me about um, it. I've had mine for over a year now. Yeah. Tell me about your experience so far. So I was looking for just the sleep piece. Sleep data. The tracking stuff. And so I've had this for probably a month and a half, maybe two months. Um my sleep score this week is bad. Awful. It's bad. Really bad. That's all the scores, guys. It's real bad. And yeah, I, we looked at the data. At it's uh, my ring's mad. Anthony's mad. Um, but yeah, my brain's a little slow from lack of sleep. It's been a busy week and sleep has not been that great. And so if this episode is a little slower than nope. usual, this is going to be a good one. That's why. No, this episode is an under 10 minute episode. So it's not going to be slower than usual. It's going to be a quick hitter. It's going to be. I'm just going to take a nap. And luckily for you, the topic is actually really easy. One that we can talk about uh, without sleep. We don't need to sleep for this one. Okay. So today's topic is... um, uh, Oh, man. Now I had the breakfast. Okay. Today's episode (laughs) is raising rents versus price gouging. How do you raise rents fairly? That's a good question. That's a good question, I think. Like, what is the difference between raising rents and like going in and doing value add and making improvements to the property and then, you know, increasing the rent sometimes 10, 20%? How is that different than price gouging? Like, just going and, you know, raising 10, 20%? Like, at what point is it price gouging? Is there, is there a percentage where we're like, we start to feel bad about it? I don't know. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack that today. Yeah. No, that's a really great question because I've noticed uh, while talking to investors over the years, People who are new to this kind of um, business model are kind of value add uh, B and C class asset uh, game plan that we like here is uh, something that could be initially perceived as kind of price gouging. Like it sounds like we're just going to buy an apartment and then jack the rents up and, and make a bunch of money. Like, I think that's what people hear from the headline of we do value add. Right. Um, So I think, you know, in my mind, how to do value add without being a price gouger is, well, first off price gouging for me, the definition of that is a substantial increase in rent above inflation uh, that is not coupled with some kind of um, value proposition from whoever owns the place. Right? So if you just jack the rent up on somebody 20% um, and don't do anything to justify that increase, then I would, I would throw that into to price gouging. So Personally, I think that in order to do a good value add where you're raising rents and you're doing it in a uh, moral and ethical way, you want to provide something to the resident 
uh, that's worth more to them than the money that you're asking for them to give you in return. Right. So we can kind of dive into yeah. what some of those might look like, but that's, that's how I look at what we do. We, we provide something that somebody wants more than they want uh, the money that we're asking them for in return for it. Mm. And it's, it's reasonable, right? It's not. So, so here's, here's how I look at it. It's mm. a, maybe slightly differently is I look at it as what is the value relative to market? So if I'm going in, we're buying a building and right now the rents are $200 below market and you go in there and the units are the same quality as like the brand new building across the street. Like they are market standard units and they have great amenities and all the things that like in a normal environment, this should be getting the same amount of rent as the unit uh, building across the street without making any improvements. Then that tenant has been been paying below market rates. Right. And so for me, it's not price gouging to bring it back up into alignment with market. Now that's a very rare scenario. Because it's very unlikely that the building is just at the same par as the rest of the market, and yet the rents are just like trailing. That usually doesn't happen. Usually there's some delta, like there's some gap in the quality of the product that is justifying it falling behind market. And so then what we do is we go and we try to improve the units to bring them back up to market, and that then justifies bringing the rent up as well. But the trick here, I think, is to be aware of the fact that we're – we're working with families. Our residents are people, right? And regardless of whether or not they're in a unit that should, by all metrics, rent for $200 more because that's what the market is demanding, you can't just go in there and do that to them because they're a human and that's their home. So you have to find a way to get it back up to market in a in a time frame that makes sense for that resident that doesn't just put them into economic hardship. And I think that's where like the slumlords really come in is like they buy a building, they go in there from day one and just like $200 across the board, everybody's rent just hikes up. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't sit well with anybody. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a good kind of uh, case study to look at because that has happened over the years we've come across uh, a property that we've acquired and somebody's in there just way under market. And typically those people have been in that uh, unit for a very long time, which is why they're so far under market. And so there is a decent amount of work to do on that unit to really uh, get it to where it needs to be. But they're still paying, even in a really out of date unit, they're still well under what the market rate is. So what we do in those instances is that person probably doesn't want to leave anytime soon because they've been there for so long. So as we're working on the rest of the building, uh, what we want to do is make a proposition to that person and say, hey, do you want to move to this brand new renovated unit, still being the same building that you love, but you get all these new appliances, you get this new carpet, it's brand new. Why don't we move you up there? You just have to pay the, uh, the market rate to be in there, but you get to stay in the same place and have all new stuff that usually goes over pretty well. And then when they move into that new unit, you go fix up their unit, bring it up to market rent. The alternative is if they don't want to leave their unit, they really want to stay there. All you have to do is increase uh, rent a little bit over inflation, right? So that way over time, they get closer and closer and closer to market rent. And you can decide at what point it, it makes sense to, to kind of settle there, uh, you know, depending on where inflation's at. I don't know when you're listening to this, it might be in the future when inflation's 2% right now, it's, really high. So it's kind of up in the air as to what inflation is, quote unquote. But, you know, if you look at your operating expenses, you should be able to tell year over year how much you're spending on your general operating expenses. So your inflation for your property should be pretty clear. So just take that, add a few points for a profit, add a couple more points to get them back up to up to speed. And you should still have a rent increase that's 
appropriate given the market. Uh, and the tenant should understand this as well. So have a conversation with them, yeah. you know, just explain what's going on. This is generally why I like having a really long time frame or a time horizon for executing a business plan because mm-hmm. it gives you a lot of flexibility then to go in there and work with residents and say, Hey, we're going to, we're planning on holding this asset for five, 10, 15, 20 years. So we don't need to go in there and jack up your rent in year one or even year two. Like we can do this slowly over the next three, four five years. So like, Time is a really nice luxury to have in a business model. And I know that not all operators operate that way because their business model might be like, you know, get in there, maximize that IRR, get it done, get it out. Um, And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, a different strokes, different folks. For me, I I think it's really cool to have that extended timeline because then you don't ever feel rushed and you don't have to put somebody into economic hardship like overnight, which um, I don't think I've ever done it. But I have to imagine it wouldn't feel very good. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not. And I've I've had this actually on my first property. Uh, there was an individual that didn't uh, uh, had no desire to move out, um, but we still wanted to try to get his rent up because he was substantially below. This is kind of one of the exact scenarios I was describing a second ago. And what we did for him is we were able to do some uh, improvements while he was in the unit. I uh, can't do everything we would usually do, uh, but we could still do some stuff that would add value. Uh, to him and justify uh, starting to bump his rent up at a, a reasonable pace. So we're not going to take him immediately up to market value. But when you're delivering the news that rent's going to be coming, uh, rent's going to be going up. Um, you know, if you're bringing you know brand new appliances in with you when you deliver that news, it's going to be received better, right? Uh, and you can ask the tenant as well what they want, right? Maybe they want uh, an extra AC unit. Maybe they want new appliances. Uh, maybe there's a bedroom that needs recarpeting. There's some stuff you can do in the bathroom. There's a lot of improvements that you can do for a resident if they don't want to move out. Like you can't do a full paint job on the, on the unit, but you can still add value, right? That's the point is like you want to find some ways to make their life better, while you're asking them to um, uh, accept a rent increase. Yeah. So. so that is today's episode. Hopefully it was intriguing. <laughs> Hopefully it was entertaining. You sound underwhelmed by well, that. Well, no, no. I, I, uh, I thought this was actually an interesting episode. I, I yeah. will leave it to our audience to decide for themselves whether they thought it was value-packed. If it is, then go Did leave a review on it? iTunes. Um, I, is, is This is just one of those topics that's – it's. Um, you know, when it comes to rent growth versus price gouging and like it's a it's a spectrum, it's a conversation and a lot of people fall on one side, some people fall on the other side. Um, so it's just one of those that I think it's a valuable conversation to have with um, at large the investment community. Yeah, with especially for the newbies, because I think it's yeah. it's not clear necessarily how what we're doing is different than what some slumlords are doing. I think it's really kind of a good idea to really draw a distinct line between Here's the moral and ethical way to, to run a good business, improve a neighborhood and a building and make money. And mm-hmm. then here's how you can just be a dick about it. And, um, jack we we know all about that one. Anywho, that, <laughs> just kidding. All right, guys and gals, uh, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to join us. And we can't wait, absolutely can't wait to see you in the next episode. So I guess we'll see you there. Yeah. All right, goodbye. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.